and I'm excited uh, to get to preach to you today, get to share the good news. So let's pray. Jesus, God, thank you for your word. God, thank you uh, for just your presence being in this place today. God, may these words be your words and, and not mine. God, may you speak to hearts and speak to lives today that your words would just jump off the page to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, over the last several weeks, we've been looking at the struggles of Jacob. We, we see Jacob's story play out uh, in the book of Genesis, and we, we saw his struggle with purpose. From the day he was born, he struggled with, with purpose. We saw his struggle when life threw him a curveball, when he did everything right, but everything still went wrong. Uh, we looked at his struggle with authority, and how do you deal with people in power who are corrupt? How do you deal with people that you don't see eye to eye with? And last week, we looked at his struggle with his past, when things caught up with him, when he had to, you know, face the sins, face his family who he had wronged in the past. And today, we're going to be looking at Jacob's struggle with identity, his struggle with identity. And this is, this is a big one. This is, a, I think, we all tend to struggle with identity. You know, in the United States, in our country, we've got We've got a mask problem, and it has nothing to do with COVID or the masks that we put on our face, but it has everything to do with the mask that, that we can't see, the things we try to wear, the things we try to cover up to make other people think that we're better than we really are or to impress people. And we can have a different mask, and we can have a different face in every place we go. You know, we've got a different mask for, for church. You know, we've got to look really prim and proper at church. And then we've got a different mask for when we go to work, and we, we put that on. We've got a different one for home, and we've got a, a different one when we go places, and when we're hanging out with friends, and we look different ways to different people because we, wanna, we want people's approval. We, 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 want, we want to be liked. We want people to think, man, that's a really, really cool person. I want to know them more. And, and so we've got a mask problem in this, in this country of ours, in our hearts of ours. Uh, today, maybe you experience that today. You know, you're getting ready for the morning and everything's going wrong, right? Some of you, even today, maybe you were yelling at the kids or yelling at your spouse, like, we got to get out the door now. Like, no, you, can, you don't have time for that. Stop, stop complaining, stop whining. And then you come into church today and you're like, oh, we love Jesus, right? <laughs> you laugh because it's true. Um, we've all been there, you know, we've all been there. We got to look good when we come into church. Social media, we have that same issue, right? You see people, you follow people on social media. It's just like, wow, they just have a perfect life. I mean, they just eat the coolest foods. Uh, they're always going on dates with their spouse, you know, like we don't even do that. And you're like, wow, that's, that's impressive. They, they go on the coolest vacations and they're just always smiling. They're always happy. They're always well-dressed. Uh, you know, their house is immaculate. It's perfect. And, and you just look at this and you think, all right, I can't measure up. You know, like that person's just perfect. And what we don't see and what we don't realize is they don't post all the lows, right? They just post the highs. They just post the things that were going good. You know, they don't post the arguments. They don't, they don't post the days. They don't feel like going to work. They don't post those things. It, we don't see the 25 pictures that were bad before they finally found the good one, right? You guys have never done that. You just always post the first picture, right? No, we, we, we go over and over until we, okay, that's the one. Okay, we got all the smiles. They're, they're, they're all perfect. We, we've, we've got this. We post the highlights. And so it can, it can hurt us on the inside just thinking, how am I going to measure up? Like, I'm not good enough. I, I'm not as good as that person. And it's dangerous that we only want to post the good things. Uh, a few months ago, 
uh, Angie and I were sitting there, and we had this great idea for a video to post to Facebook, and we thought, uh, we've, we've got baby number four coming in. We really want to announce this one special. So we're going to surprise the kids, and it's going to be perfect. You know, they're, they're going to love it. The fact they're going to be a big brother and a big sister, they're going to be so excited. So we bought them a present, and they were going to have to kind of figure out what the surprise was. We were going to tell them, and they were going to cheer, and it was going to be great, and it was going to be lovely. Some of you guys saw this video, and I want to, I want to show it to you this morning because this is kind of the difference between uh, reality and, uh, you know, fake masks that we put on. So why don't you check out this video? Ready, set, go. Baby. Baby stuff. Baby. Wait, why did you get baby stuff? I don't know. I don't know. Because you're going to get a new baby brother or sister. Yay! <laughs> yeah, that's how we thought it would go. <laughs> they would be all excited. And we, we get through that, that last take was the first take, you know, that we did. And I look at Angie like, we can't post that. Like, that's not, everybody's going to think that our kids are sad that, that they're having a baby brother. And, and so we talked about it, like, we got to shoot this thing again. All right. And, and eventually they, they came to the realization, they were so expectant to get a gift. And when they realized that it wasn't for them, you saw what happened, right? And uh, so, so they, they got so excited for it. But eventually they realized, okay, this is good. We're, we're excited. And we're like, okay, guys, we're going to shoot this video again. You know, we're going to do the way we, we thought it was going to happen. And, and you saw the first take. Well, once they did it, Angie and I looked at it. We were, we were laughing at the end of the camera because it was like, those guys were so fake with their excitement. Like, that was not real at all. We can't post that either. Like, what are we going to do? And so finally, we just decided, you know what? Let's just be real with it. Like, this is what we thought, but this is, this is, this is reality, right? But oftentimes, we don't post reality on Facebook or Instagram or TikTok or whatever. We don't post reality. We, we post the highlights because we just want people to see the good stuff, right? We, we're all guilty of it. We just want people to see the good stuff. And that's how we kind of find our identity is how many people like this? How many people comment on this? And, and we, want, we want all the good things. You know, 
every generation is different. Some generations, you know, they felt and they shaped their identity based on what they belonged to. Well, I'm a member of this church. You know, that's my identity. I'm, uh, I belong to this club. I belong to this organization. And that's where I find my identity. For some of us in here today, we like to shape our identity based on our, our occupation, our job, or our talents. You know, today you meet somebody, the first question is, hey, what's your name? And the second question is, what do you do? You know, what's your job? Well, what does that matter, right? Well, we think that that's so important. You know, okay, that's, you know, Bob and he's a plumber, you know, and, and we associate those things, all right? We've got Bob the plumber, and, and we've got, you know, so, and so we can really shape our identity around what we do or maybe what we're good at. You know, I, I play music, I, I do this, uh, I'm good with my hands, I, I, I like to do word working, I, I like to do these things, and we can shape our identity around those things, but the problem is what happens if we lost that talent, if we got injured, if we're a doctor and we use our hands all the time, but now we can't use our hands, where does our identity go, who, who are we really. And so there's all these different things that we like to shape our identity around because we want to be perfect. We want to, we want people to love us. We want people uh, to believe in us. So we try to put on these masks. We try to put on these fronts to impress the people around us. Well, the question this morning that I want us to answer, and I want to ask you today is, are you ready to be real? Are you ready to be real? Are you ready to put down the mask that we try to put up? the front that we try to put up everywhere we go. See, we get so used to wearing a mask that eventually we start believing that the mask is who we are. We get so used to pretending to be what we think others want us to be that we think we really are that person. So when we come before God, when we, when we stand before him, when we meet him at an altar, we, we keep the mask up. We keep the, the guard up. And we have a hard time realizing what's fake and what's real. But when we stand before God, God sees us for who we are, exactly who we are, but yet we still try to cover ourselves up. So the question today is, are you ready to be real with God? Are you ready to be real with God? See, identity, it's been an issue for as long as humanity has been around, really back to Adam and Eve. And again, uh, Jacob was no different. He struggled with identity. So if you've got your Bibles, open them up to Genesis chapter 32. Genesis 32. See, Jacob had an identity crisis from birth. He was the younger son, but yet he was promised at the beginning he would receive the blessing of the older son, that he received the inheritance. Right, right away, Jacob, the name that he was given, it meant deceiver. It meant liar. So he had to walk around with that his whole life. Jacob, the deceiver. Jacob, the liar. And, and so he lived up to his name. And he went out and he literally put on a costume. He put on his brother's clothing. He, clothing. he put on Esau's clothing. He put on goatskin to match Esau's hairiness. And he went and he deceived his father into thinking that he was Esau. And he stole that blessing. And Jacob had this identity crisis. Uh, later on, we saw that he did his best to deceive his father-in-law uh, into tricking to give him his wealth. They made a deal that he said, all right, you get all the spotted and imperfect sheep and goats. So Jacob went out there and he did everything he could to make sure that they were spotted and striped. He didn't realize that he had nothing to do with it, that it was God, but he was trying to deceive uh, his father-in-law this whole time, his corrupt boss. 
And last week, we looked at Jacob's encounter with his past, when he had to come face-to-face with Esau, when he had to come face-to-face with his sins, and instead of being real with Esau, instead of leading the pack and saying, all right, here I am, this is who I am, he, he kind of wore the mask, and he sent these extravagant gifts ahead, and he tried to bribe his way uh, into right relationship again with his brother, all while he stayed at the back of the parade. See, Jacob was... He was a master at putting up a front. He was a master of disguise. He was always the right person he needed to be at the right moment, you know? Every situation he'd go into, he was a little bit different, but he was just trying to win the approval of everybody else in the room. He was great at putting on masks. And it's interesting, just a little side note is, you know, in the Bible, it's full of imperfect people. In other religions, they try to make their heroes to be perfect. They, they don't share the down stories. They, don't, they, don't, uh, they, they make their heroes flawless. They make them perfect. They make them free of corruption. But yet in the Bible, there's only one hero, and that's Jesus. But the rest of the Bible, that these Bible heroes that we consider heroes, like Jacob, they're very flawed. They're, they're messed up. But yet God uses them in spite of how much they've messed up. And you know what? That gives me hope today. That God can use a bunch of messed up people, right? He can use us and, and, and still do incredible things through us. We realize we're, we're not the heroes. We're, we're, Jesus is the hero of every one of our stories. But God can use us. So Jacob, he's in the midst of this deception. He's sending all these extravagant gifts over to Esau. He's staying in the back of the pack. He's wearing that mask. He, he, rather than owning up to the sins, he's trying to simply bribe his way into forgiveness. He's trying to pay his sins off. Right? You've, you've been there before. Have you ever bargained with God before? Right? God, if, if you just deliver me from this, I promise I'll give you this. You know, I'll promise I'll do this. If you just get me out of this situation, then I'll, man, I'll even volunteer, God. Like, do whatever you need. But the problem with that is God has already laid out the terms and conditions. They're already on the table. He said that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us. He said that if we confess Jesus as our Savior and believe in our hearts that, that God raised him from the dead, that we will be saved. He's, he's already laid it on the table here. See, we cannot bargain with God. The deal's already out there. And he's saying, we need to fully surrender. We need to fully surrender. And when you do that, then I'll give you everything. But we're not doing little bit for little bit. It's all for all. It's all or nothing. He gives us eternal life. He gives us forgiveness. He gives us blessings beyond imagination. And one of the hardest things to do in life is, is to really face up to your sin like Jacob was having to do. It's hard to do that. So we, we bargain. Uh, we, we try to avoid that because we don't want to be exposed. We don't want to stand there in front of God and, and allow him to see all of us because that, that can be painful. You know, those things, that, those dark areas of our life that we're not proud of, that we want to keep under wraps, But that's what God wants. He wants all of us. He wants full surrender. And Jacob, he wasn't ready to put down that mask quite yet. He wasn't ready to surrender. So we looked last week, something happened to Jacob during the night before he met with with Esau. And so this is that story. On the night before he's supposed to go meet Esau, while he's still hiding behind his gifts, something incredible happens. And we see that in Genesis 32. We're going to start with verse 22. It says this, that night, Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two female servants, and his 11 sons, and he crossed the ford of the Jabbok. 
After he had sent them across the stream, he sent over all his possessions. So Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. So the night before he's supposed to, to face his brother, Jacob literally, we'll see it later, the, the man that he was wrestling was God. Jacob wrestled with God. See, Jacob thought that the battle was going to take place the next day against Esau and his 400 men. But he didn't realize the real battle, the battle for his identity, was happening right there in that place against God that night. And then that battle was going to lead to victory the next day. He was going to be in battle between himself and God and his identity. Before he could face his brother, he needed to face himself. So if you feel today like your whole life is a struggle, like everything you're doing, just like Jacob, man, everything he did was just struggle after struggle. You're struggling everywhere you go. Maybe the real struggle isn't on the outside, but the real struggle is on the inside. The struggle you're really facing is is a battle of identity on the inside. And before you can have peace out there, you've got to have peace in here. You've got to have peace with God. See, everything was a struggle with Jacob. And it was time that he finally learned his lesson on where his strength came from. So of all the turning points in his life, I mean, he's had some pretty incredible things. He, he had that vision of, of the ladder reaching up to heaven at Bethel and the angels descending up and down and, and God calling out to him, God making a promise. Even greater than that, he had the, the angels visiting him at Mahanaim uh, just a little bit ago. But this was the greatest encounter with God he would ever have when he wrestled with him throughout the whole night. This was the biggest See, Jacob didn't realize it at that time, but he was preparing himself for battle. The first thing that he did was he got alone with God. He got alone with God. He sent his family over the river, and then he sent all this stuff over the river. And finally, it was just Jacob by himself, Jacob alone. And it's really easy today to stay hidden behind the mask when we're never alone, when we're always with people. It's really easy to keep our guards up when we're just around people. So we need to get alone. We need to, we need to get alone. But that's not even enough. Because even when we're alone, we still have the distractions. We still have, you know, the cell phone. That, that can drown out the noises. We still have the TV. And that can, that can drown. That can, that can keep us distracted enough that we don't have to deal with our issues. And so we still have the mask on. But it, it said here that Jacob needed to get alone before he could have deal with this wrestling match with God, his wrestling match with his identity. So we need to find ourselves. We need to get alone. We need to push that stuff away. We need to find a place just to get alone with God. No distractions, no people, just you and God. See, if you want God to help you overcome your struggle with identity, if you're ready to stop living a lie, then the first step is to get alone with God. So Jacob's alone. And that's when a man shows up to physically wrestle Jacob. Like I said, later Jacob would discover this man was, was God himself. So here he is wrestling with God. And, and I wonder, what did that look like? You know, just what did this wrestling match with, with God look like? We know this. Jacob was a fighter. Jacob struggled. I mean, he's been living in a struggle his whole life. And he wasn't about to lose this struggle. If something went wrong, he just worked harder. And so it said he went the entire night until daybreak. He wrestled this guy, All right? So again, I don't know what style they're doing. If this was like a UFC match, if this was Greco-Roman, maybe this was some WWE. I don't know. Is there pile drivers and body slams? I don't know. It doesn't say. But I'm sure it was more than thumb wrestling out there, right? Like this was a match. This was intense. 
God and Jacob were, were wrestling each other. And Jacob was like one of those little dogs that just like is nipping at your, your ankle. He just didn't let go. And he didn't let go. And he didn't let go. And he kept going. And he went all night. He was determined. That's who Jacob was. As we keep reading in verse 25, there's more of the story. It says, when the man saw that he could not overpower Jacob, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, let me go for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. See, it was finally after that long wrestling match, after going through it all night, that's when God finally touched Jacob. That's when God finally operated in the supernatural. See, Jacob wasn't stronger than God. Jacob wasn't strong. God could have won that match at any time that he pleased. But he waited until Jacob was, was at his end, until Jacob, all he could do was just hold on, right? And then he supernaturally touched his hip and, and changed him. And he won the battle. See, some of you today, you're wondering, God, why don't I hear from you? God, why aren't you answering my prayer? Why, God, why, why aren't you moving supernaturally in my life? But I think some of the reasons, because we keep giving up. We, we keep letting go. See, we need to hold on to God when it would be easy to let go. We need to hold on to God when it would be easy to let go. You may not understand everything about God, but let's not let go. See, often we can come to prayer and we get up here and it's like, man, I came to the altar today. You know, I put in a good five minutes. I should be good to go now. But what if there's more? What if we just need to hold on and say, God, I'm not going to go until you bless me. Right? That's what Jacob did. He wrestled the whole night. And even after that, even after he was injured and he couldn't wrestle him anymore, he was just holding on. He said, God, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. I'm not giving up. I don't care how, much, how long it takes. God, I'm not letting go. Because I need a touch from you today. I need something more from you today. I'm not letting go. I mean, it was like, have you ever had one of your kids just attach themselves to your leg? And you, no matter what you can do, you can't shake them. You finally get them off one, and then they're hanging on the other one, right? This was Jacob. He was just hanging on. I'm not letting go until you bless me. See, sometimes we got we to gotta stay longer. We, we need to go harder. We need to say, you know what? God, I, I'm not leaving this place until I feel right about it. I'm not leaving this place, God. I'm not leaving my prayer closet until you change something. Because, God, I need something today. I need something from you. I need you to move. Jacob was persistent. He was not letting go of God, not until God blessed him, not until he received from God. We need to have that same attitude. Again, in verse 26, it says, Then the man said, Let me go, for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go until you bless me. And then something powerful happened here in verse 27. It says, The man asked him, What is your name? What is your name? Jacob, he answered. So let me tell you why that's, this, is, this is powerful, this moment, right? Jacob's saying, I'm not letting you go till you bless me. And then God asks him, what's your name? Like, that's a, that's a weird series of events, isn't it? God, you know my name. You know who I am. You came here. You, you sought me. You know what's going on here. Why, did, why do you have to ask him his name? Why can't you just bless me, God? Why can't you just bless me? 
Don't you see I've been working this whole night? Instead, he asked him, what is your name? You see, in this moment, I feel like earlier on in Jacob's life, he would have responded differently. Jacob's been wearing a mask everywhere he goes. To everybody he sees, he's a different person. He's worn many masks. He's worn many costumes before. But in this moment, when God asked him, what is your name? Instead of saying, well, you know, I'm, I'm the son of the blessing. I, I'm the guy who you met with at Bethel. I'm the guy who's seen angels. I'm the guy that, that, you know, that, that's wealthy. And he could have put up all these fronts. But instead, when he asked, what is your name? He says, my name is Jacob. My name is Liar. My, my name is the deceiver. I'm the broken guy. This is who I really am. And he puts down the mask, maybe for the first time in his life. And he says, this is who I am. This is the real me. And Jacob gets real with God in that moment. Instead of running from his issues, he faces up to him and he fesses up to him. I'm Jacob. I'm a mess. I'm a wreck. And when we come into the presence of God, when we meet him at an altar in a prayer closet, that's what we need to do too. This is who I really am, God. You, you see right, right through all of my disguises. You see right to the heart. I'm not going to hide from you. And that's what Jacob does. He, he says, I'm not going to hide from you. You know who I am. I'm Jacob. I'm the liar. I'm the deceiver. I like this quote by A.W. Tozer. It says this, Jesus Christ knows the most about you. Nonetheless, he is the one who loves you most. When you come to Jesus, he knows you. He knows you better than you know yourself. But yet, for some reason, he still loves you. And he loves you more than anyone in this world. And that's not going to change. There's nothing that you can tell God that he doesn't already know. He knows who you are, and yet he still loves you. He cares for you, and that's why he, he wants you to face the dark things that you're facing. He wants you to face those things that you're hiding inside of you. Because he doesn't want you to hide behind a mask anymore, because that's not what he created you to do. He doesn't want you to hide behind that filter anymore. God's not looking for perfect people. He's looking for humble people. He's looking for real people. We need to stop trying to be someone that we're not. Get this, church. This is, this is good. This is important. God cannot bless who you're pretending to be. God cannot bless who you pretend to be. If Jacob would have come in there and said, look at how great I am, God can't bless the fake us. God can only bless the real us. And Jacob finally admitted who he was, and he said, I'm Jacob, I'm, I'm the liar, I'm the deceiver, I'm the guy who learns the hard way. I'm ready to take off Esau's clothing, I'm ready to be who I really am. But we don't like real. Real hurts, the truth hurts. Don't try to make yourself sound better to God than you really are. Tell God the truth. God knows you better than you know yourself. Who are you really hiding from? Don't be generic. Don't come before God and be like, God, you know my issues. Deal with them. You know, I've gotten unspoken today, God, but you, you know it. Be real with God. Tell him what you're dealing with. God, I'm dealing with anger today. God, I'm dealing with lying today. God, I'm dealing with lust today. God, I'm dealing with, God, you know the things that I've seen today. God, I messed up. God, I'm dealing with jealousy. God, I'm dealing with all these things. Like, be real with God. 
Because it's in those moments of honesty, it's in those moments of truth when God can transform us, when God can bless that person who is real. Because God's not going to transform you. He's not going to transform what we hide from him. He cannot bless who we pretend to be. God wants to bless you. He wants you to succeed, but we have to put down the mask first. We have to surrender. And we need to allow God to give us his identity, the identity he's made for us, and stop trying to make one up on our own. And so that's when God blessed him, in that moment, in that moment of him being real. In verse 28, it says this, Then the man said, Your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. Jacob said, Please tell me your name. Like, let's go both ways here. I told you my name, you tell me yours. But he replied, why do you ask my name? Then he blessed him there. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, it is because I saw God face to face, and yet my life was spared. Because in that moment, he realized who he was, who he was wrestling. And so God gives him this blessing. His name's been Jacob. His name's been liar and deceiver everywhere he went. But now he said, I'm changing your name. You're no longer liar. You're no longer deceiver. But now you are Israel, right? You struggled with God and you struggled with man and you overcame. Now you're an overcomer, right? Now everywhere he went, people would look. They wouldn't see a liar deceiver anymore. They'd see an overcomer. They would see Israel coming. And that was a good thing because he struggled with God and he overcame. But God blessed Jacob because he finally surrendered. Isn't that funny? His surrender led him to overcoming. But so often we think, no, we, we can't surrender. That's going to make us lose. No, in God's kingdom, it's upside down. When we surrender, that's when we overcome. See, there may be words that have been tied to your identity today that God wants to change. And he wants to bless you the same way that he, he blessed Jacob. You may look at yourself and you, you may have words attached to you, maybe from yourself or maybe from your parents or other people who have spoken these over you. You look in the mirror and you see someone who is worthless. You see somebody who's selfish. You see a failure. You see a mistake. You see someone who's broken. But God wants to speak new life. He wants to speak new identity to you today. He wants to tell you you are loved, that you're an overcomer, that you have purpose, that you're loved unconditionally, that you are chosen, that you are forgiven, that you are free, that you are whole, that you've got new life today right? That's what God wants to tell you. He wants to speak that over you today. You don't have to live in your brokenness anymore. You just got to get real before God and he's going to change you. He's going to bless you. In verse 31, it said, the sun rose above him, above Jacob as he passed Peniel, and he was limping because of his hip. You see, Jacob walked away from that encounter with God forever changed, physically and spiritually. Physically, he never walked the same. People notice you've been in the presence of God. There's something different about you. All the family that he sent over the river the night before, they saw him in the morning. They said, something's changed about you. Something's changed about you, not just on the outside, but on the inside as well. And, and the great news about that is, is church, just one touch from Jesus, just one touch from God will leave you forever changed. And people will notice People will take notice of the change that God did in your life at, at an altar, in a, in a prayer closet. Uh, we're going to walk away different. See, it was no longer Jacob who was meeting with Esau on the other side, but it was now Israel meeting with, with, with Esau on the other side. It was no longer Jacob at the back of the pack. It was Israel leading the charge. It was no longer Jacob's pride trying to save himself. Now uh, it was Israel humbling himself at the feet of Esau and trusting God to do the rest. It was, there was an, 
a miraculous change. One touch from God changes everything. And I believe that can happen this morning. Worship team, would you come? I'll give you one more, one more point here. Fast forward again a few hundred years later. And Israel, he had had 12 sons. He, Joseph was the favored son. And Joseph ended up as a slave in Egypt. And eventually God brought him to second in command in Egypt. And when a famine came, he welcomed his family. He welcomed Israel and all of his brothers into the land of Egypt. And, and they stayed there and they were protected. But a few hundred years later, they forgot all about Joseph. The Egyptians did. And now probably two million plus people of the Israelites of this tribe again. Israel, right? That was his name. That's, that's where the people of Israel came. That's where the nation of Israel came from. If you didn't get the sermon title yet, The Struggle of Israel, now you got it. I got it. But here they are in captivity. And they need a deliverer. And God chose a guy named Moses to deliver his people. And one day Moses, he's out, he's on the run. He's struggling just like Jacob did. His great, 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 great granddad. And he sees this burning bush. But he's confused because this bush didn't burn up like other burning bushes he'd seen. Something was different. God was in this bush and he gets closer to this bush and God speaks to Moses. In Exodus 3.6, God tells Moses who he is. He says, then God said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Now, wait a minute. Jacob, I, th I thought your name was changed to Israel. Shouldn't it be, I'm the God uh, of Abraham, I'm the God of Isaac, I am the God of Israel. Shouldn't, shouldn't it be that? But no. He said, I'm the God of Jacob. See, I believe he wanted them to know that he's not the, just the God of Israel. He's not just the God of the changed life. But he's the God of the messed up life too. He's the God of Jacob. You don't have to wait. You don't have to be cleaned up to come to God. You don't have to have it all together. He's the God of Jacob. He's the God of our failures. He's the God of our messes. He's, he, he's the God of all the junk that we've gotten ourselves into. He's not just the God of the final product. He's the God of the process and he's the God of the project too. Right? We have a loving God. He's the God of our mistakes. He's the God of our flaws. God is not intimidated by your inadequacies today. He's not intimidated by them. He's not intimidated by them. So if you're sitting there just fearful, like, what's God going to do to me if I'm real? You don't have to worry today. He's not afraid of that. There's nothing he can't do. There's no sin he can't forgive. God can change you today. This place is full of Jacobs. This world is full of Jacobs. But I believe that when we trust in God, we can be a world full of Israels. Because Jacob's who we are on our own. But Israel's who we can be through God. When we rely on Christ, we can be an overcomer. See, God, God is the God of all of you. He's not just God of the nice part of you. He didn't just go up on that cross to die for the good parts. He went up on that cross to die for all of our sins. 
All of them. Every single one. He died for you, the good and the bad. And the only way we, he can bless us is if we give us, give him all of it, of us, every part, not just the good things, everything. So let's stop trying to be someone that we're not. Let's stop the show. Let's stop faking it. Let's put down the mask and let's give God everything today. It's not a time to hold back. It's not a time to hold back. I've been a, a camp leader at middle school camp for years, for many years. And one of the most difficult problems that we struggle with every year at middle school camp, and this is, this is a problem that expands not just in South Dakota, not just our church, but to all middle schoolers probably of all time, even to when all of you were middle schoolers as well. And it wasn't, the hardest thing at middle school camp, it wasn't trying to get the kids to focus or to get the kids to pay attention or to keep them on the right track. You know, they're bouncing off the walls. They're middle schoolers. I love them. But the hardest thing that we've always had is trying to get the middle school boys to take a shower. All right, let me just be real with you. Like, that's, that's difficult. I don't know what it is, all right? We've been there before, but it just seems every year. And, and so day one, you'd come and there wouldn't be too much activity, but, you know, that night there'd be a little bit, they'd jump into the gaga ball pit and, you know, they, we got a little bit of sweat going, we got a little bit of dust going, you know, there's mud cake. They maybe wiped off their face before service, but then they, instead of taking a shower, would just spray themselves like with Axe body spray, right? And you come in the first night and, hey, it doesn't smell terrible in there. Maybe it even smells kind of nice. But then you go to day two and you're out in the heat all day and you're playing the games all day and you try to tell them, hey, you know, I think it'd be good if you took a shower before service tonight. Okay, you know, so maybe they turn on the water but they don't get in the shower, you know, just to convince their leader it's all good and then out comes the body spray again. Well, now night two, there's a different smell going on in that place, Right? And they're trying to cover it. Day three comes and it's water day and they think, I went down the slip and slide. That, that should be shower enough, right? And, and you get, and it's, it's this smell. It's no longer Axe body spray and it's no longer BO. It's like this mutant smell that's just like more powerful and more putrid and, and can penetrate anything. And, and sometimes I think that's what we do before God, right? We, we come with our stink and we think, all right, I'm just gonna spray a little on myself before I go into God's presence. God will never know. People will never know. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to spray some good works on today. I, I'm just going to spray a little donation to my favorite charity today. And I'm going to come on in and, and I'm going to be accepted. But guys, that, that doesn't do the trick. We need to come. We need to get clean. We need, we need to take a shower. That's the only way we can get rid of the stink in us, right? And the only way we can get clean is to come to Jesus and to say, God, I can't do it on my own anymore. God, I need freedom today. God, I, I need to be new. I need to be clean inside and out. I can't cover this up anymore. God, I need you. And today we can do that. Would you stand with me, church? And I'm just gonna... We're going to go right in, in, into worship this morning. We sang that song, Same God, earlier. And I believe that the same God who transformed Jacob and made him Israel can transform you today. God hasn't changed. He's the same yesterday and today and tomorrow. He's the same forever. That same God who did miracles back then, he's still doing miracles now. And so today, I'm just going to call you. Let's go to the altar today. Let's go to the only one who can change anything today. Let's go to Jesus. So as you sing, as we worship, why don't you come to this place and let's get alone with God today.
doesn't matter what anybody else says. doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. If you want some joy and some fulfillment in your life, Lord, it's only through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Thank you, Jesus, for your love. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you Come to these altars. Come to Jesus today. Come find right now 
dismissal today, but I want to challenge you. Don't let go. Don't let go until God comes through for you today. Keep pressing in. And can I ask you to do this today too? You know, maybe, maybe some of you are just, you're holding back. You're not sure. Well, today, you don't have to do this right now, but before you leave today, why don't you just turn to the person next to you and just say, hey, can I go to the altar with you? Can, can I pray? Maybe you lead that person next to you to Jesus right there in, in the pew this morning and, and, and you pray with them. I, I don't know what God wants to do. But even though we, we get alone with God, we're not alone in this together. We've got our brothers and sisters in Christ. So again, there, there's no formal dismissal, but go when you feel released by God today. Don't let go until he blesses you today. Jesus, we need your touch. Jesus, we need you to come down and change us today. But we hold on. God, would you move in this place? Change our identities today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. King would welcome me. I was lost, but he